Are we confusing clients with the words we use, the protocols we sometimes don't adhere to, and all of the things that we put on an invoice to hide charges? This week, we're going to talk about how we can more clearly communicate with our clients on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And communicating with clients can be a problem. It can be a tough topic to tackle. And sometimes we are actually confusing our clients and that leads to poor outcomes, disgruntled staff, and more importantly, those online reviews. So this week, we're going to talk about the ways we might be confusing our clients and how we can avoid them. But before we get into that conversation, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this conversation stemmed from my Mother's Day lunch with my mom. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So, (laughs) viewfinders, like many of us around the country, this was the first time in over a year that we've gotten to be with many of our family members, especially elderly family members. So we were having a Mother's Day lunch with my mom, Laura, my wife, and myself. And Becky, we had no sooner welcomed ourselves into the house when my mom says, I'm just so angry with my dentist. Uh Uh-oh. And so (laughs) then she proceeds to say... I just got back from my dentist this week, and he charged me $93 for the stuff they put in your mouth to prevent infections and fight germs. I'm never going back. Okay. (laughs) Are you confused yet? Yes, more information, right? That's the first thing you think is like, can I get some more information? Exactly. So Laura and I are like, well, Mom, what, what happened? She goes, I got my bill, and I was looking at it, and there was a charge for $93 for something called a prophylaxis. So I looked it up. Oh, dear. <laughs> and so she showed us on her phone where she had looked up the word prophylaxis, and it said to prevent infection, often by fighting or combating germs or something like that. And so Laura and I then had to spend the next 15 minutes sort of winding down my mom <laughs> to say, no, Mom, it's a dental prophylaxis. <laughs> I was like, a prophylactic can also be a means of birth control, Mom. <laughs> but in this context, yeah. it actually meant the dental cleaning. So that kind of led us to discuss with you, viewfinders, ways that we may be inadvertently confusing our clients. And so I think this was a great example of how sometimes an invoice or a bill can have confusing terminology. And and I think that, Becky, as we start off the conversation today, we have to understand that while this may be a common term, common knowledge to us, if we say a dental prophy, for example, it may not have any meaning or certainly be misunderstood potentially by our clients. Yeah, and I think we're actually super likely to say a dental prophy. Um, we don't have time. We simply right. can't finish that sentence. And, you know, we live for acronyms. Um, gosh, I'm a military slash veterinary household, and we barely say whole words. So, right, right. yeah, I think we default to that. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, it's what a good example of your your mom's situation Um I think a lot of times in our industry and just our personality types and and whatever, like we don't get the opportunity to start from scratch with certain things to remember what it feels like to have no idea. And you really have to think about this being the first time anyone 
has possibly had this experience and are you communicating in a way that would be meaningful and transparent to them? Right. And here is the issue too, viewfinders. My mom is nearly 80 years old, so she doesn't instantly go to social media and post her complaints. She talks to all of her friends in her neighborhood, right? And she was actually going to call them on Monday after Mother's Day and say, I'm not coming back to your dental practice. So I can't imagine, you know, Becky, how many clients we could potentially lose just because of a misunderstanding on a bill. Oh my gosh, so many. I mean, I think you can just stop at misunderstanding. And like, let's like take that thousand foot view, right? I think when anybody who's been in any kind of, you know, relationship, friendships, you know, like love relationships, I don't know the word for that, like whatever, any kind of relationship, (laughs) communication is the actual, like number one thing I think people go to and say, it's the hard part, right? Like communicating with people outside of your communication zone, like your language, your ability can be so difficult. And I think about my husband and I have been married like 11 years or something. Um, and we miscommunicate on a regular basis (laughs) and we live together. We, we, we know each other's schedule, you know, we know everything about each other and yet we still have failures to communicate. Right. So if we're not like pulling that all apart in our daily life and practice, then we're probably missing the miscommunications. And like you said, we might never hear it. They're just going to go away. Yeah. I'll never forget uh, years ago. Um, we saw a new client and she brought in, of course, all of her bills invoices from her previous vet. And she was showing us all the different things that, you know, she had done. And this was a fairly young dog. And I remember this case vividly because it did shape how I put things on my bills from this moment forward. And we were looking at it and uh, I remember looking at it and saying, okay, it looks like she was spayed a few months ago. And she was like, oh no, no, she was, she hasn't been spayed. Mm. And I was like, well, it says here, ovarian hysterectomy. She goes, yeah, she had a, a, a lady part surgery. And mm. the lady wasn't now, number one, there's, there's a lot going on here to unpack viewfinders. Yeah. But but so she wasn't equating spaying, spaying procedure with what her dog had. She thought she was having a surgery to prevent cancer. She did not connect that ovarian hysterectomy was a spaying procedure, which did maybe potentially prevent some forms of cancer. But wow. she wasn't equating all this with like, that's why your dog can't have puppies. And I remember having to like spend about 15 minutes explaining that an ovarian the hysterectomy. Exactly. Well, no, <laughs> but just explain to her that, that the, the surgery she had done removed her uterus, her ovaries, fallopian tubes. I mean, you yeah, the, have the whole the whole enchilada, so to speak. And it was really confusing. And so so that was one of the reasons why if you guys are out there today and you've got like OVH on your yeah. you know invoice, it is meaningless and it could lead to a situation like my mom encountered. Now, I'll tell you one other funny, not funny because, you know, we had to unwind my mom, as I mentioned. But so after we got her through the prophylaxis and saying, mom, no, this is actually the dental cleaning. She says, well, what's this $7 charge for PPE? And we were like, ah, right? So personal yeah. protective equipment. They had added a charge. Maybe it was a COVID upcharge, right? Maybe they had to yeah. take additional measures. But you know what I'm saying, Becky? Here she is looking at her bill, and she's inflamed. She doesn't understand one term, and it sets off a whole cascade of events yeah. that leads to my mom going, I'm not going back to this dentist. Yeah, what a good point. And it's funny because I was thinking when you were saying that, like how many times our customer service and even even myself as a technician who tries to like avoid bill conversations have said, Oh, that's just how we code it. 
literally like if you say the word oh that's just how we code it then that's like your red flag signal that you have something in your receipts that is coming out that clients do not understand the meaning of and I guess your your space story I get I'm like a little on the fence here because I'm like I want to believe this was an educated human being who had gotten herself that far (laughs) in her life you know that could understand what was happening, but I am, I am repeatedly, and, and, you know, talk to any OBGYN and you will find out a lot, like, like the American education system is failing in sex ed. And so (laughs) it's amazing to find out how few people actually do understand that. Like at what point are now you having to educate, like I said, literally on the birds and the bees, because she's not made this connection. Like that's actually kind of a little scary for me. And then it makes me want to say like, is that on us for miscommunicating and not communicating enough? And how can you possibly gauge the level of your client's understanding to accommodate them? Because the flip side of that, right. Is people will be like, Oh, I'm a human nurse. I know. And then they don't want you to use any kind of terminology. So that's such an interesting situation to be in where you're like wow i have to not only explain what happened to your dog but like anatomically what that means right because she was saying things like lady parts surgery to prevent cancer which the vet had probably explained just like we've all done multiple times before what a spay procedure involves and what are the benefits of it right but she just took away a lady part surgery and because let's face it a lot of veterinarians do say, you know, it's like when, when women go to, you know, but that's, that is there an hysterectomy. Yeah. I mean, it's, these are different procedures and people, she just wasn't putting together the term space. And I remember, I think she thought that spay was like something cheaper. Like her dog yeah. didn't get spayed, <laughs> you know, heavens no, we wouldn't have Chloe spayed. We had her lady parts removed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, it, it, it's tough. So so aside from that, you know, viewfinders, I think the first thing that we want to talk uh, about to you is just being clear on the invoice, because that written piece of information, really in, being clear on any written piece of information, because when it goes home and people are going back and reviewing it and so forth, just like my mom, they can become confused. And if they're confused, that can lead to frustration. And of course, we know what frustration leads to a Google one-star review. So Becky, I'm betting you that had this happened to a 20 eight-year-old client, boy, you know, that could have been a very different outcome. Oh, I, oh gosh. I mean, well, I don't even have where I am. So right now thinking to myself that that, (laughs) this is one of the moments I'm so glad to be a technician because I would leave, I would literally be like, let me go get the doctor to explain (laughs) that to you. And then I would put that right on you, my friend. I would take that bus and drive it right up over you. So I'm just sitting here thinking like, I don't have the words because I don't need the words, but it's so true. And then, and then you have this terrible review, right? That's like, now my dog can't have puppies and, and these puppies would have been worth $15 billion because I have a something poo and, or doodle. And, you know, now they've, they've robbed me of that opportunity or something like And it makes me then think about how, like, when you go into human medicine to have surgery, you have to, like, literally draw on the organ body part that you're having worked on, like, and they make it so clear what they're doing, and they make it so clear that you are aware of what they're doing. Like, it's a totally different process in human medicine to make sure that you know that this left leg is about to come off. So I, I almost, like, wonder, is there something we need to be doing 
you know, more along those lines or because I I sometimes feel like we get exasperated with how could I possibly communicate any better? Um, And it's, it's hard to take that step back and say, am I using language that only for, for, I guess the point with your mom is she shouldn't have had to Google anything on that sheet, Right, right? right? It should all be language that an average person could understand. Yeah, plain language, simple, easy to consume. I mean, you know, bite size. That's really, that's the concept, especially when it's in writing, because again, that confused my mom. And, and, you know, she's like most people, especially, you know, older people on a fixed income, you know, looking at that bill going, wow, what did I just spend, you know, my hard earned money for and, and not understanding. Okay. So written communication is one thing, but Becky, I think probably more miscommunication occurs when it's just us speaking to another client. We tend to use medical terminology because that's what we're familiar with. We use it all day long. We know exactly what it means. Uh, And I think we have to sort of roll back. And and a good example that I would say, Becky, is if I say to you, Becky, and and like most Americans, at least most most people, you know, that that grew up around our, our times, and if I say it's raining cats and dogs, Becky, you instantly understand what that metaphor means, right? I mean, it's raining hard, right? A lot of rain. Is that fair? Fair, but that, okay, yes, go ahead. The only reason I wanted to say but is because I follow this couple on TikTok who the man is from Kenya, and every right. time he runs into these American nuances, he exactly. is, you know, and, and so I don't want to ruin your story, but nope. when you said that, it made me think like, well, yeah, it makes sense to me because I know the context of that, but does everybody, are we making the assumption they know the context? Nope. And that's why we said, you know, Americans about our age, because I'm trying to qualify it because to us in the vet world, we're used to hearing terms like dental profi all day long and OVH and, you know, whatever, right? It's not cats and dogs to the general public. Like these things don't always add up to those people. And so I think that we have to be super careful. Another true story. Years ago, I had a dog brought in for a second opinion for a benign mass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the owner was like, my dog has cancer and I want you to, ha- to give a second opinion. I said, well, what's the diagnosis? It's a benign mass. <laughs> okay. So wait, so they, the benign, they believed benign was meaning cancerous. Who knows? They were looking for a second opinion for a benign mass. Now Oish. the vet had written down on a piece of paper, benign mass. And they, again, we can say the educational system is failing us. <laughs> it probably is. But the reality is this person came to me for a second opinion because he was confused about the terminology. So I think, you know, when we use terms like chronic, right? I mean, we use terms like acute. Yeah. When we use things like, uh, you know, even severe, like, you know, or, or adverse. I mean, I, I'm just, my head is filled with all these terms that can be really twisted the wrong way. And, you know, again, I think even the term mass, I think, honestly, that's what kind of trip this guy up because when we say mass you know or tumor what do people instantly equate that with cancer and when they say cancer they mean like malignancy right they mean metastatic disease in most cases so it's all those little terms that we say that really can cause some serious confusion yeah you're i mean you're absolutely right and i think that is the other thing we have to think about unfortunately is align the words with what they hear in human medicine like you said mass it's it's almost never good um tumor almost never good it's it's very easily and very readily equated um and i think even when we say like atopy you know when we talk about atopic dermatitis or atopy um if i say eczema my clients understand 
I understand I can say eczema, but we, we do use these words that have human equivalents that can be, can cause a lot of uh, confusion. And I guess my head, like you said, my head is kind of spinning with this because part of it is how far do we dumb it down to the point where they're like, well, these guys don't know anything because they call these things this. Um, Is this a matter of just spending more time talking? Is this a matter of having more handouts? What's the solution to this, right? Because we don't feel like we have time. We definitely try to give clients information we feel they don't consume. And so what's the best way to make sure we know our clients know and are comfortable? And and I, I, because, you know, we haven't said it in five minutes, how do we create a culture with our clients and a trust with our clients that if that dissatisfaction or if that concern arises, it doesn't go straight to I'm never coming back, right? Like So right. what's the relationship with your mom and the dentist that she was so quick to say, I will never go back there again over a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. And, and sort of, again, is it a matter of tucking the $7 of PPE into the cleaning fee so that she doesn't feel that way? Or is it a matter of going deeper and, and saying clearly on a relationship with this client that they feel like they could come to me and say, Hey, what does all this mean? Well, wow, that's a really great point. And I, th- I think the first thing viewfinders that I've always relied on for myself is if I'm talking to a client communicating, I ask them, do you understand what I'm saying? Right. And, and I'll tell you a lot of times I'll also sort of preface that by saying, Hey, listen, you know, I just want to make sure there's, I've got so many, you know, things that I want to tell you about that I'm being clear. You know, I'll say things like that sort of self-deprecating, right. To say, you know, Hey, I want to make sure that I'm communicating clearly with you. This isn't you, this is, you know, am I making sense? Because there's a lot I want to get out about Buster's condition right now. So I think asking your clients is really important. Now, the problem with asking a question like, do you have any questions for me as a doctor, is that if they say no, Becky, I don't believe that guarantees that they actually understood what I just said, right? Because I think that answering yes or no requires some level of basic knowledge to know that you might have missed something. Does that make sense to you? You know. So I think sometimes when we just fall back and say, do you understand everything I just said? They kind of are like, yeah, of course I do, because they don't want to, it's embarrassing, right? They don't want to come out and say, I have no clue what you're talking about. So sometimes by, uh, you know, sort of backing up and saying, hey, listen, there's a lot, you know, that I'm trying to get out here about Buster's uh, condition, you know, somehow don't put the onus on them to be responsible for comprehending, but put it back on yourself for being a clear communicator. Well, if you've ever been to one of my lectures, you know, if your client tells you yes or no, you're not asking the right questions in the first place, in my opinion. I don't, if I'm talking very casually, I'll say, does like all that make sense? But usually what I say is something like, okay, now I'm interested to know what your thoughts are about this. Um, It almost makes them feel like they have to say something. And I don't want them to feel backed into a corner. But even if they say, I don't even really know what to say. That was a lot of information. Now I have a place to start from. You're totally right. It was, what can I do to break it down into more manageable packets? Um, going into conversations, I I just always tell my texts about communication. If you're hearing yes and no, you're absolutely right. They're probably not. They probably feel obligated to answer. If you've, they, they often are conscientious of their time and yours, Um, so for me, it's more of a, okay, so what part of that made the most sense to you? What part of that didn't make any sense to you? What part of that, you know, so there's always just some kind of, of sentence I use that asks for a very specific answer back. What part of that? Tell me about, how do you feel about this? Something very specific. 
because then they often are just like opening up and saying all the things. Um, and then never, ever, ever forget, is there anything else? Because sometimes we forget yeah. to say, is there anything else or what else? And then they feel like they can't bring up an oh, additional. Absolutely. And, and it drives me crazy because Becky, I think too often we say we don't have time for that last second question. We fear that if we ask that last second question, that somehow they're going to, you know, spend an hour asking more questions. And we do have to control that just a little bit. So if you're going to ask that question, which I think you should, you know, Hey, anything else that you want to cover today, anything else that Buster's doing that kind of just nags you a little bit or bugs you a little bit, um, don't be afraid to ask that question, but then be aware that you may have to say, hey, you know, th this is a, now we're moving into behavior territory or it sounds like, you know, hey, I'd love to, to know more about it. Send them home with a questionnaire or something to fill out and come back for a second appointment. Don't ever be, I think sometimes we feel too pressured, Becky, that we have to solve all the problems, answer all the questions during that single 30 minute appointment. And sometimes it's actually another appointment that we have to go into. So Becky, that leads me to another little important point that we've both touched on, you know, when we're asking for that last question, you know, is there anything else you wanted to cover today or whatever it might be? Sometimes I think vets, instead of asking the client, you know, do they understand something or engaging in a back and forth conversation around that, they over explain, right? So they go, well, you know what? This is confusing. A deck suppression test is really confusing. And so therefore I'm going to give twice as many words to explain this. I think that can be burdensome as well. I think it, you know, I think the over explanation, I hate to say this because I, I, I think a lot of times over explanation comes in lack of confidence. Yeah, so I see that a lot in my new vets. I see that a lot in new techs. I see that in people who are dealing with a difficult client who they feel doesn't trust them or they've possibly had a situation in the past or they're coming off of a very sensitive situation. So they've had a client yell at them over a lack of telling them something. And then for the rest of the next two weeks, they're over explaining everything to everyone. So um, I do find sometimes that becomes a issue of not having communicated enough because eventually you, you kind of do learn. Um, and I think part of it is, is expanding your knowledge in the whole like body language and, and other ways people are communicating because I often am explained things that I do understand and there is kind of a look on my face. It's like, thank you. Thank you for explaining that to me. I've written chapters on it. Now can right. we move along? So, right, right. Um, you know, I, I think it kind of, there's a whole big package there, but yeah, I think that over explanation can sometimes be either. I want to say prejudgment of the client's ability to understand or a lack of the, the person's ability to feel confident in their communication. Oh, I love that. Well, Becky, I think the last thing that I want to cover today with you and Viewfinder family about how we potentially confuse our clients is sort of when our recommendations are confusing. Maybe one time we recommend a heartworm preventive and the next time it's a different brand or sometimes we do a flea and tick and sometimes we don't. We emphasize the importance of annual blood testing and the next time we forget. Don't you think that also is a, a cause of, of confusion amongst our clients? Oh my gosh. You know, like the well, last time you said this or, right. you know, last year you recommended this. And I think it's okay. Like, because I think sometimes it's coming from Hey, tell me why you changed. I want the information that you have. So you, oh, you're recommending this new product. Yeah. Well, last year we didn't have a product that could do all of this. Right. Or since last year, we found out this happened with this product. Um, 
And so we're now recommending this one, but we don't necessarily think about how we don't know when we saw them last. We're not necessarily thinking about that. So I think sometimes that inquiry is okay. And it reminds us to just kind of give them to fill in those blanks. But I also know that there are some times that it's like way off base where you're like, well, last time you said we couldn't do this. And it's like, okay, yes. Well, sorry. Last time we couldn't do this because you were on this medication and it would have interfered. And, but now it feels like backtracking. Right. Right. I always, I've always had this, this saying, like, if I tell you it's a reason, if I have to, if you ask me, it's an excuse. So I always try to be forthcoming with that, but then it sounds like backtracking. And then and we've talked about this, what happens when Dr. So-and-so within the practice at the last visit said this, and now you are saying this. We can even deal with it when it's like, oh, well, maybe that's that clinic's protocol. But when it's within our own house, it really points out to how we're missing these internal protocols. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget a consulting job, you know, 15 years ago where literally I was just shadowing two different doctors in two different appointments, like back to back. And one of them is like, Brand X heartworm preventive. Well, this is my favorite. It's absolutely the best, you know, for this area, yeah. right? Dr. B <laughs> goes in with the next one. It's like, oh yeah, this this is my favorite, you know, because it's the best for, for all the pets that we see. And you're like, I can only imagine whenever that same client crosses over, they're going to be so utterly confused. So we really do need some consistency here. And, and even if we're going to have disagreements and what we recommend and disagreements is too strong of a word, but like your preferences, right, Becky, you need to be able to explain that it's your personal preference, right? Because again, I think it, I think it serves to confuse clients and everybody involved. It confuses us all. And so I don't know, Becky, I mean, for me, we always said, you know, this is our recommendation. We really tried to keep the number of products and offerings minimized, you know, maybe two or three at the most to help eliminate some of this, but any other tips on how we can all get together with this similar recommendation? I think, well, yes, communication. <laughs> Let's take this baby full circle and make sure that within your clinic, you're communicating about what your protocols and your recommendations are, or communicate that you don't align on them and say, you know what, different practices, um, different practitioners within right. our clinic have different opinions. This is my favorite. I also know Dr. Smith loves this product. Here's why I love this one. Here's why they love that one. We're comfortable with anything we sell here. So then you just make it clear that, yes, we all have different opinions. We embrace them. You chose me as your doctor. Here's why I like this. Um, I think really educating your, your customer service reps and leaning into them to say, yeah, no, definitely. I know Dr. B prefers this and Dr. A prefers this. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're looking for and maybe I can help you figure out between the two, or let me get a technician for you to talk to about the differences or X, Y, Z, right. But you, you have to have everybody in the clinic ready to properly handle those differences instead of like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) And just stare at them. Um, and, and make sure that that communication is happening if it can be. And if you're a tech or a CSR in your clinic listening, and this is happening to you a lot, it's probably a good thing to take to your management and say, Hey, Becky and Dr. Ernie told me that this shouldn't be happening. And can we get a better alignment or communication process going in our clinic so that we have a more concise protocol and better communication with our clients? And again, put it in your social media, put it in your newsletters. There is always so much opportunity to educate your clients on why you choose certain things and why you do certain things and what certain things are. And and we don't put it out there to educate. 
Right. And, and I'll tell you too, viewfinders, if you work in a clinic where the prevailing philosophy is, well, we're going to sell a lot of these different things because the customer gets to choose. That's not what they're paying us for. They're paying us for our best recommendation for their pet specific needs. And if you want to say, well, you guys, you know, here's here are five choices for heartworm or flea preventives, you know, whichever one you like, We've, we've got it for you. Let me tell you what you are. You're Chewy. You're an online store. You're 1-800-PET-MEDS. Yeah. And, and honestly, those guys have better recommendation engines. <laughs> if you call up their customer support, they're going to steer you in the direction of one of their preferred products. So my point being that, you know, I don't – look – I believe strongly in giving you know choice to people, but at the same time, people are coming to me as a medical professional, to Becky as a medical professional, and they're saying, Becky, you know, what does my dog or cat need? And that's what they're paying us for. I will, I will, that's I'm strongly adamant about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, I think you know, we have to think about what level of, of understanding do we want from our practitioners and are we giving the same thing you know I and I know we don't mean to and I know it's human nature but we're so often like we compare ourselves to human medicine and or we get resentful if we're compared to human medicine and there's all these kind of double standards around these types of things it's the golden rule though like communicate with people how you would want to be communicated with and you know I I, I, I okay called my tax people right that time of year. And I was like, please talk to me as though I've, I've never even heard of money. Like that's how I need my tax people to explain what I need to do. Please understand that some of your clients, even though heartworm disease, like I will say this, I've said it a million times, as long as they're bringing in poop for heartworm tests, right. we are not communicating the way we're supposed to. That's on us. So Look for the situations in your clinic that you're giggling about that are like, ha, they did this or, oh, ha, they thought that and, and use that as an opportunity to understand where you might have an opportunity to do better communication. Well, that is brilliant insight and great advice viewfinders from Becky to that whenever you come across those quote unquote comical conversations, right, where the client's like, you know, no, they removed my pet's lady parts and didn't spay it. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. an opportunity for you to improve your communication. So viewfinders, we want to know what you think about confusing communication with clients. You know, where have you found that kind of the words tripped you up a little bit? And where have you found success when you change the way you put things on your invoice or talk to your clients about them? We really want to hear from you because I think this is a much bigger problem than we acknowledge sometimes. I think that my mom just sort of sparked a whole conversation that hopefully will help us all do a better job because at the end of the day, Prophylaxis is kind of a confusing term just to put on an invoice for $93. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny that you say that, though, because the dental technicians went through this a while ago and they leaned into things like prophylaxis because cleaning didn't sound valuable enough to, to put a pet under anesthesia. So part of this is a no win situation in <laughs> right, titling. Right. So I think this is where it comes that that client questioning and that client awareness, that client conversation is so essential. And honestly, I think if this dentist had just put dental prophylaxis, it might have Help my mom that out. That thing you lot. came here for. Just put exactly. that on my just put that on my receipt. The, the the 45 minutes your mouth was open, that's what we're charging you for. Fine. <laughs> well, viewfinders, we hope we haven't confused you too much today. Uh, if you don't mind, you can really clarify things for us by going to Apple iTunes and leaving us a five-star oh, review. Please. Lately, we have had some amazing comments and, and just we can't thank you enough, but definitely head over to Apple iTunes. It means the world to us. Just hit us five stars. Tell us what you like about the show. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. 
We do. And you guys, tell us what you do to better communicate. And I'm not going to lie. Tell me your funny stories on <laughs> our Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder or Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. And, of course, I'm always over on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder. Just stop saying it. <laughs> I don't go to Twitter. <laughs> Where we can totally confuse each other in 140 characters or less. Right. But anyway, <laughs> until next week, we hope that we haven't confused you too much. And we can't wait to have more clear-headed conversations with you in the future. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>